Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here at Rethink Life Church. Hey, it's an honor to have you with us today, and I'd love to hear from you. Make sure you click on um, the share buttons and invite your friends and family that you know that needs to be encouraged and challenged with today's message. I'm speaking today on the subject of rethinking relationships. You know, not too long ago, I was unfortunately stranded in the middle of a parking lot. I'm sure you probably have encountered this a time or two in your own life, but unfortunately, my battery had died, and I didn't have any jumper cables, so I I phoned uh, a friend and said, hey, could you meet me at a particular parking lot where I'm stranded? I think my battery has died, and so a few moments later, he showed up on the scene, and he pulled up next to my car. We, We popped our hoods, and he got out of his car some jumper cables. Now, we all know the importance of these jumper cables, but unfortunately, I am not the most mechanically inclined individual on the planet, okay? I have a lot of friends who can validate that statement, and uh, I'm pretty dangerous when I have these in my hands as well, because honestly, I have no clue as to what I'm doing. In fact, I'm a little intimidated when I get these things, and I know they're actually live. In other words, they're hooked up. The other end is hooked up to the other car's battery, and so my friend, he was telling me, hey, put those cables on the battery. I'll get in my car and I'll rev up the engine. And he said, I want you to get in your car. And he said, I want you to, you know, start the car when I say go. And so he was watching me. And so I'm reaching over and I'm putting these clamps onto the little, the little, you know, connectors there on the battery. When suddenly my friend started screaming at the top of his voice, he said, don't do that. Don't do that. And I said, what? I thought I was doing what he told me to do. He said, don't put the negative onto the positive. He said, you will run the car. And I thought to myself, well, that makes sense. But you know what? I, I thought to myself, you know, a lot of us can relate when it comes to our own personal friendships and relationships. You know what I've discovered in my life? I've discovered that the negative when placed on the positive, can literally destroy a friendship and a relationship. And unfortunately for some of us, we don't even realize it, but we are hanging around or spending time with individuals who are literally draining the life out of us. In other words, they are a negative that have been placed onto the positive in terms of our desires, our goals, our pursuits and our aspirations in life. And as a result, they are hindering us from becoming all that God has created us to be. I like to say it this way. Friendships and relationships in many ways are like elevators. In other words, they are either taking us up or they're taking us down. And I just believe from time to time, one of the things that we need to do, in fact, I think it's a healthy thing to do because truthfully, we all go through 
seasons in our lives. And the different stages or seasons that we encounter in life, sometimes we need to stop. We need to rethink our relationships. We need to rethink those friendships. In other words, I like to say it this way. We need to take a friend inventory, and we need to really take some serious and prayerful consideration and ask ourselves some questions as it relates to the people that we are allowing to speak into our lives. In other words, who are we spending the most time with and who do we find ourselves listening to the most? Because the voices that we choose to listen to us, the voices that we choose to influence our lives can make us as well as break us. And so I think it's very important that we realize what even Proverbs chapter 18 teaches us. In verse 24, it says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend, the Bible says, who sticks closer than a brother. You know, there are just some people in our lives who have certain characteristics. There are certain traits. There are virtues and values about these individuals that really are life-giving. These are the people who love us, who want what's best for our lives. In other words, these are the people who are the positive influences. And these are the people that we not only need to seek after, but these are the people that we need to align ourselves with, that we need to associate with. And the reason why is because our tribe determines our vibe. You see, when you think about the people we associate with, again, they're either a positive or they're a negative. And here's, I think, something we fail to realize when it comes to friendships and relationships. Did you know that God actually has a desire for your life and for mine when it comes to relationships and friendships in life? In fact, here are two things that I would encourage you to write down if you have something to take some notes with. And the first is this. God wants us first and foremost to have a relationship with him. I think sometimes we fail to understand and even remember the fact that we were made by God and for God. And until we understand and grasp that truth, life will never make sense. And not only that, we need to also understand that when God made us, he made us so he could love us and so that he could have a relationship with us. So it was God's idea when it comes to friendships and relationships. In fact, I love what the, uh, what the story of Abraham is all about. This, is, this was a man whom God said initially, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. But the thing that stands out to me in the book of James, in James chapter 2, verse 23, it says, and it so happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. And then listen to this. He was even called a friend of God. So here was a man who not only knew God and loved God, but he walked with God in such a close, personal, and intimate way that he was actually considered and called a friend of God. I don't know about you. But I want to be a friend of God, don't you? Amen. Man, I just believe that when we are walking in fellowship, when we are walking in a close relationship with God, here's what God does. God sets us up for success 
with other relationships. Because you see, our vertical relationship with God really determines the impact of our relationship with other people. Which leads me to the second truth, and that is he wants us to have relationships with others. So yes, God wants us to have a relationship with him first and foremost. He wants us to be his friend. He, He has chosen us. He's called us and he's invited us into a friendship, a relationship with him. And therefore, when we understand that and when we see our relationships from God's perspective, then it positions us to be able to surround ourselves with people in our lives. In fact, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, what does the scripture say? When God created all of creation, when he created everything, what did he do? He eventually created man. And then when he looked at man, he said, wow. Man, he could use some help. You know what I'm saying? So what did he do? He created a helper for Adam. He created Eve. But here's the thing. What did he say when he looked at Adam? He said, it is not good for man to be alone. So in essence, what he was saying, you know what? There is a purpose in our relationships. We need one another. And, you know, we've been in this pandemic in the last, what, seven months or so. And I I just want to just say this because I'm sure some of you can personally relate. Maybe it's affected you. Maybe you know a friend or maybe a coworker, maybe even a family member who's really gone through some difficult times in this season of being socially distanced from one another or being locked down or maybe quarantined where so many people unfortunately have felt isolated, disconnected, many feeling alone. And in their aloneness, unfortunately, many people have spiraled downward in a negative way mentally and emotionally. Well, no wonder Right now in 2020, when it comes to addictions, alcohol consumption, um, prescription drugs, even illegal drugs are at an all-time high. Suicide is at an all-time high. And in fact, when it comes to some of the latest data, Cigna Insurance did a study and reported that 60% of Americans now report to feeling lonely, left out, poorly understood, and lacking companionship. Man, if there was ever time when we needed to rethink our friendships and our relationships, if there was ever time when we needed to really stop and do a friend inventory and really ask ourselves the question, am I walking in close, intimate relationship with God? And how are my relationships with others actually trending? In other words, how's my friending trending right now? In other words, who's speaking into my life? Who is there for me? Or perhaps flipping the other, you know, putting the shoe on the other foot. Who am I speaking in? Whose life am I speaking into? Who am I coming alongside to speak life and encourage? Who can I be a companion and a friend, friend to during these difficult seasons in our lives? And that's the reason why it's so important that we see the value and the importance of having the right people in our lives. You know, it's been said there are really three kinds of people. 
The first is this, or let me, let me put, this to, put it to you this way. There's really three kinds of friendships or relationships. The first is we have surface relationships, and these are those acquaintances. You know, we all have a lot of acquaintances. Chances are, when you, if you pick up your cell phone right now and your contacts, you have a plethora of names, you know, contacts, phone numbers. You know a lot of people, but do you really know them? Yeah. More important, do they really know you? And so there's a lot of acquaintances, but we may not know people on a very personal or intimate level. The second is not only do we have um, surface relationships, but we also have structured relationships. And this is very common, especially, again, when we go through different stages or seasons. You may be in college. You have a college student. Maybe it's your, maybe it's your sorority you know, sisters or your fraternity brothers, and that's your pack. That's your, those are your homies. That's your squad. You know, those are the people that you are spending time with. But the truth is you have something that brings you together that you have in common. Maybe it's college, that four-year six-year, ten-year window of time, whatever your college path looks like for you, you know what I'm saying? But, but the truth is, maybe it's college, maybe it's a sorority, it's a fraternity, maybe it's your, maybe it's your kid's Little League soccer team, it's the other parents of your kids who, who maybe that's the structure that brings you together. There's a purpose of bringing you together in that time or season in your life. But then there's a third tier, and that is the secure relationships. And study show that honestly, if we have two to three of these kinds of friendships in our lifetime, we're actually doing pretty well. So when you think about it, most of us long for healthy, life-giving, vibrant relationships that are actually a positive, a plus in our lives. But it's very, very difficult to find them. And so what I want to do today is I want to share with you some things that I think will be helpful for you when it comes to what to look for or specifically who to look for that you should really align yourself with when it comes to your friendships and your relationships, the people that you associate with, the people that you spend time with, and the people that you allow to speak into your lives. And here's the reason why this is so important. Because healthy relationships and friendships grow. And here's the other flip side to that. And that is unhealthy friendships and relationships become toxic. And not only do they become toxic, but eventually they will die. In other words, a marriage can die. A friendship can die. Why? Because of the toxic relationship that over time literally takes the life out of that very relationship. And so it can impact not only our lives negatively, but it can impact the lives of those around us, whether it's our children, whether it's other coworkers, whether it's you know other people that we know in our circle of influence. Listen, our relationships, again, are either a positive or a negative. So we need to ask, we need to rethink, okay, who am I spending time with and who am I allowing to speak into my life? My life, And so with that in mind, here are three things that I think we ought to look for when it comes to associating ourselves with the right kind of people. And the first is this. We need friends who are tough. 
Now, I'm not talking about a bodyguard, okay? I'm not talking about associating yourself with someone who's got your back when it comes to me, you know, picking a fight with somebody else or whatever. I'm not, I'm not talking about the physical aspect of being tough, okay? I think we, we all understand that. I mean, it helps to have somebody can, who can help, you know what I'm saying? But, but, but I'm, I'm going a different direction here, okay? What I'm saying is, is we need people who are spiritually and morally tough. Yeah. I'm talking about people who won't coward or cave in to the pressures, that, that whether it's peer pressure you know, of what everybody else is doing or being politically correct just to you know, compromise and to kind of blend in, to be liked, to be you know, accepted, or you, know, you don't want to you know, ruffle the feathers, you, know, you don't want to rub the fur the wrong way, you know, so we just kind of dance around and we're real careful and cautious with the people that we're around. No, 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 no. We need people. People who are strong, who are bold, who are dynamic when it comes to their spiritual and moral convictions. Because they understand the importance and the times in which we're living. They understand that, listen, we are wrestling against a spiritual enemy that's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, we wrestle not, the Bible says, against, against principalities. We wrestle against the principalities and powers of this evil world. We're not necessarily wrestling against flesh and blood, but the evil forces that, this, that the enemy is trying to use to take us out. And so what he wants to do is he wants to create division. He wants people to choose sides. He wants to separate and divide people and cultures and nations. But here's the thing. We need to understand that we can still love people, but at the same time, be strong in our convictions when it comes to the spiritual and the moral values that we believe are so vitally important. You know, one of the best examples of this are three young men, excuse me, four young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, when, when, when Jerusalem was, was uh, taken over by the, the, by the Babylonian Empire, and, and unfortunately, they had taken some of the brightest and the, the sharpest, the best, um, you know, young people from the younger generation of that time, it, literally hundreds and hundreds of miles away from their homeland there in Jerusalem to this foreign land known as Babylon. And what's interesting is that it was a different belief system. It was a different culture. They had a different set of values and laws. And the king, King Nebuchadnezzar at this time, you know, had, had basically at this, at, at, at this point in juncture in, in taking over, what he decided to do was to indoctrinate all of these young, talented, smart, bright people from, from Jerusalem. What he wanted to do, the Jews, what he wanted to do is indoctrinate them into their beliefs and to their values. But what did Daniel say? Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies nor the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. In other words, they were trying to get Daniel and his friends to conform to everything, not only educationally, but even to the how they spent their time and what they ate and what they drank. And Daniel said, you know what? I am not going to do anything that would offend or violate my relationship with my heavenly father. And I just believe if there was ever a, a story that illustrates where we're living today, 
Well, we are living, unfortunately, in a, in a place in, in, in our time in history, folks, listen, where everybody's afraid really to even speak their voice or their opinion about what is right or what is wrong. Why? For being persecuted, for being shamed, for being condemned, for, for literally just being attacked for our own belief and our own values for what we believe in our heart to be true or to be right or to be just. And yet when we say those things and when we speak up against those things, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's interesting to me how the world system and our cultural values have been more under attack than ever before. Yeah. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as well as Daniel, had experienced the same thing there in Babylon. So much so that the king had built this massive statue. And what he wanted everybody to do is he wanted everybody to bow down and literally worship this golden statue, this image, this false god, if you will, that he had erected. And yet when the time came and everybody was supposed to hit the deck and bow down and start worshiping this false god, this golden statue, guess who stood when everybody else bowed? It was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Even knowing their life would be put on the line, they didn't care. As a matter of fact, when they were brought before the king and they confessed that they refused to bow down and worship any other God. In fact, here's what they said. They said in Daniel 3, verses 17 and 18, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. You know what that tells me? That tells me that these four young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were tough spiritually and they were tough morally. Why? Because they stood on their convictions. They stood on the truth of the word of God and they encouraged one another because they stood together and they stuck up for one another knowing that there is power in numbers. And even if we're the minority, we know that God is with us. So let me just listen. Let me just say this as loud and as clear and as genuine as I possibly possibly know how to communicate it. Listen, you plus God is a majority. And so listen, you need to associate yourself. You need spiritually and morally minded people who are tough, who, who are willing to take a stand for what is right and what is true and what is honorable in the eyes of a God. Let me share something with you as a parent that deeply troubles me. A study that that I ran across here recently said that 86% of Christian kids who, 86% of Christian kids drop out of church and never return after they graduate from high school. And the reason why is because most of those kids, that 86%, don't have a strong spiritual or moral foundation. They may have gone to church. They may have been religious, but unfortunately, they didn't have a solid relationship with God, nor were they grounded in the truth of God's word. Therefore, when their faith was challenged and put to the test, they didn't know what they believed nor why they believed it. And I think it's so important in this day and age 
that we understand that, listen, we got to stand true and stand tall on the things that matter, the truth of God's word. And we need to associate ourselves with those who are willing to stand with us and support us in this dark season in which we live. So here are two things that will happen when we surround ourselves with spiritually and morally tough people. Number one is they will make us bolder. They truly will. They will make us bolder. Remember Peter and John when they were told not to say anything when it came to the name of Jesus? And what did they say? They said, we can't help but speak of those things which we have seen and heard. Because they had been with Jesus and because they had stuck together, what did it do? It gave them a renewed boldness for their faith and their passion in the Lord. So listen, the right people will not only make us bolder, but they will make us better. Man, there's just something about people who speak into our lives, as the Bible says in Proverbs, that iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So we need people who are spiritually and morally tough in our lives. Number two, if you're taking notes, and that is this, we need friends who are loyal. I believe this is one of the most forgotten and lost virtues in our world and in our culture today. Most people don't even know nor understand what Real loyalty truly represents. You know what that means? Here's, let me put it to you this. Here's what loyalty basically means. It means that I am committed to you no matter what. Yeah. I'm committed to you. Yeah, none of us are perfect. Yes, we're all going to make mistakes. Yes, we're all going to fail and we're going to fall. And listen, there are going to be mistakes and things that we're guilty of that, that embarrass ourselves, embarrass everyone around us and things that we shouldn't have done. But you know what? A real friend walks in when everybody else walks out. And we've got to understand we need people in our lives who are not only spiritually and morally tough. In other words, these are the people that will speak the truth in love. These are the people who love you enough to tell you not necessarily what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. But at the same time, they're going to stick with you knowing that, you know what? We need one another. I love the story of... 1 Samuel 18, about the story and the relationship between Jonathan and David. And of course, we know the story, you know, David, he killed the giant known as, as Goliath and Saul, who was the king at the time, became jealous because so many people were excited about the up and coming young boy by the name of David, who, who was eventually going to be positioned and, and crowned as the new king. Well, Saul became out, out, out. He was so he was so outraged that he was trying to basically kill young David, and yet Saul's very own son stood beside David, knowing what it was going to eventually cost him. Well, eventually, years down the road, King Saul not only died, but his son Jonathan, David's close friend and companion, also died. And it was very normal. In fact, it was somewhat of a custom when a new king was to take over the new reign, so to speak, of control. They usually would kill, if you will. They would blot out anybody who had any ties or relationships with the previous king. But not David. You know what he decided to do? He decided to ask, is there anybody here who is associated? Is there anybody here who's considered to be family of King Saul? Now, here was a man who wanted to take him, take David out. But through this whole episode, here's what happened. They found out that Saul actually had uh, a grandson 
excuse me, yes, a grandson by the name of Mephibosheth. And as a result, David had placed, had created a place at the table for his grandson. And as a result of that, what did David do? David showed his commitment, his loyalty to his friend Jonathan, even though Saul, the dad, was the one who wanted to take David's own life. You see, there are going to be decisions. There are going to be circumstances. There are going to be trials and tests and hardships that we encounter in every situation when it comes to relationships and friendships. But at the end of the day, we have to understand that we need one another. We need to stick beside one another. Why? Because we need friends around us who are spiritually and morally tough, but we need people who are friends that will stick closer to us like a brother. These are friends who are loyal. So what does a loyal friend look like? These are people who will be a confident to you. In other words, these are people that you can trust. You can share your heart without that person betraying you. So they're a confidant, but also they will celebrate you. Associate yourself with people who will, listen, who will celebrate you, not tolerate you. And so, listen, we need people who will stand with us and celebrate with us rather than be jealous or see us as a competitor in the relationship. And I'm telling you, we live in a world today that is so competitive and so narcissistic and so self-focused and self-centered where it's all about me, what's in it for me. At some point in time, we need to come alongside each other and say, good for you. Add a boy, add a girl. I celebrate you because God celebrates you and your success is going to bring forth glory to God. And because of your success, listen, I want to celebrate you because you are God's chosen. You are the one whom God is going to use in this season or in this situation. And because of that, I'm your brother. I'm your sister. I'm your spiritual family that's celebrating you because we're in this together. And that's so important in this day and age. So we need, listen, friends who are tough. We need friends who are loyal. Thirdly, we need friendships that are committed. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is found in the book of Ruth, and it's the story of Naomi. And unfortunately, she had lost her husband, but she had also lost her two sons. And as a result, she gave her two daughters-in-law a choice to go back to their homeland, to be with their family, and to ultimately to go and to, you know, to, to do as they pleased. But I love the response in Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. So in this situation, Naomi had given Ruth an opportunity, had given her an opportunity to go back to her homeland. But instead, she said, no, 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 no. She said, I want to go with you because I want your God to be my God. In other words, there was a deep rooted faithfulness and commitment that she had in her own heart to honor the Lord and to stay faithful and committed to him. So here's what commitment does in a relationship. Two things, and I'll close with this, and that is 
Committed friends accept us unconditionally. In other words, we don't have to be or try to pretend to be something we're actually not. We can have the freedom in our friendship and our relationship to truly be ourselves. So they accept us unconditionally, but here's the most important thing of all, and that is they align with us. In other words, they share our vision, they share our values, they share, listen, our priorities, they share the things that are most important. Why? Because they understand that we are all in co-mission with God. We are co-laborers together, advancing our, listen, God's purposes in our own unique way. It may be through our our voice, through our personality, maybe through our set of passions that we have, because God needs all of us that are, that are uniquely called and gifted and wired in certain ways. However, but in our relationships, even though we may be different in the way we look, we may be different from the standpoint of our personalities and temperaments and all of those things, even life experiences, but what we share in common is a faith and a set of values and priorities that are all about advancing the purposes of God. So my question to you is this. Listen, are your friends a positive or they a negative in your life? Because you see, it's important that we rethink our friendships now more than ever. It's important that we take a friend in Tory and ask ourselves the question, am I associating with people who are spiritually and morally tough? Am I associating with people who are loyal, who are committed to me no matter what? And am I associating myself with people who are committed, people who are sharing that same sense of calling and destiny? on my life so that I can become all that God has created me to be. You see, again, our tribe determines our vibe. And our friendships, our relationships, like elevators, they're either taking us up or they're taking us down. I want us to bow our heads together in prayer. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, can I just say, Maybe today, as you've been listening to this, you've come to realize that there are some people in your circle of friendships that maybe you need to ask God to give you clarity, to give you wisdom on maybe beginning to distance yourself in a way that doesn't necessarily reject them. It's not that you are forsaking them. It's just that Maybe there's a season that God is calling you into and you need to be freed up so that you can grow, so you can mature, so that you can become who it is that God has called you to be and who he needs you to be. And maybe today you need to ask God to give you wisdom on how to speak the truth in love, give you discernment on how to approach those friends and those relationships and not to condemn them nor to position yourself as one who is self-righteous, but to simply say, you know what? I feel that God is calling me in a new direction in my life. And God will give you the grace and he'll give you the patience to say what needs to be said. 
But you know what? Some of you here today, maybe you feel like God is a million miles away from you. And you've often thought to yourself, does God really love someone like me? Because of what I'm guilty of, because of what I've done, my, my failures, my mess ups in life, would God truly want to be my friend? Well, I want you to understand, he not only wants to be your friend, but he demonstrated it by giving his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you. So you could know forgiveness and so you could have a relationship with him. He wants a friendship, a relationship with you. And if that's your need today, would you pray this prayer? You can say something like this. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. And today I confess my sin. And today, Jesus, I believe that you died and you arose again just for me. And today I'm inviting you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, hey, if you just prayed that prayer just then, I want you to know that we celebrate with the angels in heaven because of that important decision that you just made. And if you prayed that prayer, would you do me a huge favor? Hey, would you text that number on the screen or just maybe click in the chat there, I decided. Or you can simply scan the little QR code for our digital worship guide and just click in that little button that says, I decided. We want to send you some information that'd be a great source of help and encouragement to your life life. Well, hey, we love you. We're so honored that you've chosen to worship with us today. I pray this message has challenged you. Maybe it's caused you to rethink some relationships and friendships in your life. And God will give you the grace to take those best next steps so you can become all that God has called you to be. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.